you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Duke's with you. Put him up. Baldy, it's yeah. getting interesting, my friend. Yeah. And I want to start with this Lane Johnson injury because I know you're big on offensive lines and how they operate and the guys up front and what happens. Lane Johnson gets injured in the Eagles' loss, okay, guys, to the Jets, which, again, most people didn't predict. Six total sacks since 2021 this guy's given up. I mean, that's incredible when you think about over 2,000 snaps, Baldy. So Lane Johnson is a future Hall of Famer, right, elite guy. He has uh, an ankle injury, and I'm not putting that on on why they lost the game. It certainly didn't help them. But no. I want to talk about the Eagles because they're one of the five and one teams I want to I want to ask you about. Obviously, we'll talk about the 49ers as well and the Dolphins, who have a big game uh, coming up on Sunday night against the Eagles. So, bottom line, red zone efficiency, Baldy. What are we seeing with the Eagles that's not allowing them to look like the team they looked like last year? Well, they they give up a lot of negative plays. I mean, twice they got down to the three yard line against the Jets last week, and on first down runs they lost six yards. Like, so they're just backing up. Now, it's interesting. It, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that they just signed Julio Jones. Because sometimes, I remember Kurt Warner told me this a long time ago when he was in Arizona, Carl. He said, you can draw all the great red zone plays you want. You know, sometimes it's good to have Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bold just to throw the ball up to and go get it. And I feel like Julio, like, why you would sign Julio after the injuries he's had and the decline in his production? Yes. Like, we all love Julio. We, we all know he was he was the GOAT for seven, eight years. There was Calvin Johnson and Julio. Mm-hmm. You know, it went back and forth who was the best. But the, Julio's not that guy anymore. But the Eagles went and signed Julio. And I think a big part of it, honestly, is, all right, you got A.J. here. If they take A.J. out in the red zone, let's go to Julio. Let's throw – you got Julio, Dallas Goddard, and A.J., Maybe that's the best option. So I feel like he's a part of their issues um, in the red zone right now. And they they can drive the ball down. They can get their big smash plays. They're having trouble scoring. They're at the bottom of the, of the list right now for touchdown score down there. And so they're kicking way too many field goals. And even last week against the Jets, you know, a sure, a sure uh, kicker missed one that could have won the game for him. And allow the Jets to, you know, go down and end up winning the game. So, I don't know. I just think that's that that's an issue. Lane, losing Lane Johnson in the first quarter last week. Like, look, the Jets' defense is all about pressuring the quarterback. And so, here comes Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson against the backup right tackle. I'm not picking on Jack Driscoll. But you go from Lane Johnson to whoever. There's a big drop-off. And and when Jalen feels pressure, sees color, feels color coming at him, he, go, he leaves. Sometimes he leaves too early. Sometimes he doesn't trust the protection. And it's a it, it's part of the malfeasance that you see in this Eagles offense that we didn't see a lot last year from. Baldy, uh, why can't anybody else mimic the tush push? Why can't any other team do what the Eagles do with that tush push and are able to get the one yard? I saw the Cowboys try it on, on, on against the Chargers. They didn't get it. You know, I'm like, what what is the deal with this particular play? Two two things. I actually talked to Jeff Stoutland, the offense line coach of the Eagles, briefly now before the game. He's he's in the end zone. He's got his game face on. Like, maybe he's going to shake my hand and probably say, 
you know, what's going on. But I, I went to the Tush Push on. I go, what, what is it? Like, why are you guys so good? And he goes, you know, Baldy, like, I'll just, he goes, when we had Carson Wentz as our quarterback, we were 36 to 38 on quarterback sneaks. Oh, wow. So before there was the Tush Push. Yeah. And I honestly believe it starts with Jason Kelsey. Like, his ability to get leverage, to get underneath people, and to get the thing started is a big part of it. And people don't have a center like that. The Giants tried it. They lost their center, John Michael Schmitz. I don't know how long he's out, but he's out yeah. on that play. Very few people have a guy that can actually start to play with leverage and power the way Kelsey does and get underneath whoever's there. And then the other, the second part of it is, you know, going back to Carson Wentz, how big and strong he was. I mean, Jalen Hurts deadlifts 650 pounds, Carl. <laughs> like, that's real. Like, his leg strength and his power waist down is different than Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott and all these guys that are trying it, you know? And so that's, I think those two things really are, are a big part of their success. Yeah. It's become a thing guys. And, and here's what the crazy thing is like, you know, it's coming like it, it's third and one, you know, it's fourth and one. And you're like, okay, we know they're going to run the, and you can't stop it. So yeah. it's become a thing. All right. While we're talking about the Eagles, let's talk about their opponent on Sunday night football, the dolphins, Baldy uh, Tyreek Hill's on pace for 20, 300 yards this is insane right now to think about projecting the rest of the way he's got over 800 yards already this season and here come the Dolphins with their high-flying offense five and one Mike McDaniel the, you know the, the brilliant offensive mind he is this is going to be a great game I think I think so too and you know I just just go back and watch this game against Carolina last week um the 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 formations the motions, the play action, the misdirection. We've never seen anything like this, Carl. Never. Now, Carolina's got good players everywhere on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, they ran a play last week where Tua reverses out and he fake tosses Doreen Moster. And I'm telling you, the whole Carolina Panther defense flew. And while that was going on, here comes Tyreek and Jalen Waddle across the formation. And Pick your pick your point. Who do you want to throw to? They're both open. And so I, right now, like, I don't know if the Eagles are going to go for all that kind of stuff. Like, I just think the Eagles up front, especially if Jalen Carter is healthy, can just neutralize all that motion and all that stuff physically and just maul this offense line of the Dolphins. But you have to look. You have to respect it. You don't really know sometimes where it's going. And McDaniel just keeps coming up with these formations that nobody has ever seen before. <laughs> and here comes Tyree Kill out of this little thing that he sits there next to the tight end, kind of crouched down. You don't really know what he's going to do. It's it's really wild. I think it's a classic case, Carl, this Sunday night of sort of like this boy genius in Mike McDaniel against this physically tough opponent. And does the physicalness of the Eagles just get neutralized or it doesn't even come into play with all the motions and shifts and who's carrying the ball and where's the ball going? Who has the ball? Like it's just this this uh you know this uh three card Monty yeah. that they're playing before the snaps. Where's the ball? Like, does that get neutralized by the Eagles power and pass rushers that they have? It's a great point. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, watch us at In the Huddle Pod. On YouTube, as we talk about this week's upcoming games, um, the Ravens are tied with the Bills for 24 sacks or with 24 sacks through six yep. seasons or six games. 
11 players on the Ravens have at least one sack. They're getting after the quarterback, Baldy. And I'm curious to know if you think they're going to get after Jared Goff and have that kind of success against them as they take on the Lions at home on Sunday. Well, you know, the addition, it's, it's wild. Like, they picked up Genevieve and Clowney off the street. Genevieve is playing really well. He's played as well as I've seen him play in a long time. Mm. He's a factor. They picked up Kyle Van Noy off the street. I was supposed to do a TV thing with him at the NFL Network. And they told me he was on a plane ride to, to Baltimore. And they, they literally signed him, plugged him, and he's playing. And he started. And then Mike McDonald is the defense coordinator of Baltimore. And, you know, you don't know when – Roquan Smith is coming on a blitz or Patrick Queen or, you know, the safety's coming. Like, they're coming. And then you see the emergence of a kid like Justin Matabike, who leads the team in sacks. And he's, like, becoming a real force inside. Explosive athlete. He destroyed Tennessee's offense at, uh, on times last Sunday. They're playing really good. Um, you know, they've given up the fewest touchdowns in the league. I think they've given up five touchdowns so far this season in yep. six games. Yeah. They're playing Or five games that they played. So they're playing really well. So, you know, but Detroit is also playing really well. And the guy that, I mean, he caught a touchdown pass last week, but you you saw it in college. But this Jamison Williams, <laughs> he runs and stops. Maybe Tyreek can do this. Yes, he can. Start but stop. like five guys in this league that can run and stop the way this uh, Jamison Williams did. He caught a 41-yard touchdown pass last week in Tampa. He just ran by everybody. Yeah, like he was. A, I called him the comet. He looked like just the the Motown comet, like streaking right past. And then he can stop on these. Uh, you're in man coverage. You're in zone cover three, whatever. Like he puts the brakes on, and the corners just keep running. He's going to be a good addition to this team. He's just getting started, coming off suspension. Um, God, they 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 plug in Craig Reynolds last week. He he runs the ball just fine when he had to. Uh, I and the, the thing that's crazy though. Or like they were the worst defensive football last year. What no nobody was close to Detroit. And they were 30th in the league against the runs. You look at them right now, they're first in the league against the run. Number one. Like, so you look at the, their scheme, and what you see is this Alec Anzalone playing lights out good football at middle linebacker. As good as anybody. Like, this is going to be a defensive battle right? against the run. So then, like, which quarterback can make certain plays against, you know, really good defenses? And I feel like Jared Goff right now has the upper hand right now in how he's running this offense and what Ben Johnson in, the, in him. And they'll have a game plan for the Ravens defense in their front and all that. I'm, I'm really – it's my number one game to watch this weekend. Me too. Back the game you just talked about, Philly-Miami. Yeah, and Baldy, here's the deal. You're absolutely right. One o'clock, guys, Lions at Ravens, if you want to see some physical football. Because here's what mm -hmm. the, the Ravens are saying. And I talked to some people in the, on that staff and some people that I know in the building. They feel like the physicality, like they don't want to see us because the way that we're playing defensively, right? Mm -hmm. And you know Dan Campbell's going to say, they don't want to see us because right. of the way that we play. So yeah. something's got to give, right? And yeah. last week, guys, they held, you know, they held Tampa Bay to two field goals. They completely neutralized Tampa Bay's offense. And yeah. they only had one sack. So Ravens are number two in yards given up, number two in yards per game, Number two in net passing yards per game. They're playing off the charts right now defensively. And, you know, it just makes me think about, okay, what's got to give? So I'm with you, Bob. Like, this is my game. I want to sit back and just see how it plays out. Well, you, you really in that Tampa game, like, they Tampa missed some shots. Mike Evans, you know, got behind them. Like, they missed their opportunities. 
you know, just the way, you know, Justin Herbert missed his opportunities, just the way Josh Dobbs missed his opportunities, you're going to get some chances. You got to convert. You got to hit them. And so um, I'm anxious to see the defense when Lamar extends these plays the way Lamar can. And all of a sudden, Mark Andrews pops or Zay Flowers pops. And we're all kind of waiting to see if Odell Beckham is going to have any any impact in this offense at all. And so those are the things. Those, those are the things that are going to decide this game. Jameson Williams got the 41-yard pass over the top. That was a big part. Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, made some things happen on the outside to score. His, they got two touchdowns against a stingy defense. So who can make those certain plays, two or three plays in this game that Detroit made last week, Tampa didn't? Can Baltimore make them? Does Detroit make them? It's going to come down to it is. All right, I got to tell this story before I ask you a question, and I'm not going after you. But yesterday on my show, my producer says, hey, did you see what Brian Baldinger said? And I said, no, I, I didn't see what Baldy said. What did he say? And so we start talking about the podcast. And, and by the way, we invite you guys, obviously, to subscribe and like and, and make sure you tell your friends about us. So I said, you know, Baldy uh, is doing some other interview. And Baldy yesterday says that, hey, Atlanta, if you bring in Tom Brady, yeah. all right, if you can yeah. find a way to bring this guy in, you guys might be five and one. The quarterback play has been terrible. And I said, oh, here we go. So I had to explain to my audience yesterday in Atlanta, look, Baldy's been saying this about Desmond Ritter for weeks now. And the fact that he's talking about going out and having a veteran quarterback to lead the way with what you're seeing on the defensive side and how this team is playing makes total sense. But I just want you to talk about what you're seeing because, Baldy, I'm having all these conversations. Talked to Arthur Smith yesterday. Obviously, he's staying the course. He is He's committed to the young fella. Yeah. But what are you seeing because the mistakes last week were brutal. Brutal. So, you know, so – like, obviously, last week, Drake, London, Kyle Pitts, they had big games, Carl. Like, you know, they caught a lot of passes. Big, you know, we're like, okay, they're involved. And they're, they're, they're dynamic players. And forget about, you know, Bijan Cordero, who's had no impact on this team at all already this year, but he could. And I'm saying if, if, if you could take the good stuff to Drake and to Kyle last week and, to, and what we've seen from Bijan, and then you put a guy in there that's just not going to make mistakes. You know, he, he's just not going to make mistakes. And you go, you, can, you can't live with the mistakes. The mistakes cost him last week. This is a dynamic football team. They have drafted well. We see bits and pieces at times. But not many people have two six-foot-five, six-foot-six giants. Athletic. Run like Kyle and run like, you know, Drake. And then you got this, you know, this Bugatti behind you in Bijan Robinson. You go – they should be blitzkrieging these teams. Like they should be like just up and down the field. And and look, I'm not here to denigrate Des, Desmond Ritter. He's a young player that's got to learn. You got to go through these growing pains. And I'm saying to myself, screw the growing pains. Like, can Brady come here and put him in? And like part of it is far fetched. I, yeah, know. yeah, like, no, yeah. Like, Thanks I, for getting I, everybody I, excited here. Thanks, Baldy. <laughs> look, it's hyperbole. Okay, like I like I know it's. Not, but I'm saying, if you put a guy in there that's not making mistakes, yet fed all these these terrific players behind a very like a quality offensive line, gosh, they could win double digit games. 
Well, Baldy, here's here's the comparison. Uh, and we're just talking about Desmond Ritter. Listen, guys, all these young quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud looks good. Uh, Bryce Young is going through some growing pains. Anthony Richardson's done for the season with an injury. We're seeing it around the league. But the comparison for me, and, and we'll move on, is if you could get Brock Purdy. If you could get Brock Purdy's play, right, what you're talking about. Purdy had the same situation with the 49ers. McCaffrey, yep. Debo, Ayuk. And all you need to do is just deliver the football and not make mistakes. He did yep. that and went 10-0. and 0. Now, again, the defense was, you know, the best in the league, but I get where you're coming from, and that has been the part where I think there's been a lot of frustration is it's not as if you don't have all of this around you. Just don't make the mistakes. Well, if you look, I mean, this is, this is not just um, to Desmond, and this is not to just young quarterbacks, but this has been going on in the league forever. Like it's hard to win games with young quarterbacks. It mm-hmm. just is because you have to allow them to make mistakes. Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year. They won 13 games the next year when he cut all those out. Like it's hard to win games. As not only of you are you developing the quarterback, but you're evaluating the quarterback. Is this guy the guy? You know, and so all that is going on. And like, so it's been up and down. The week before, Desmond was really good, didn't turn, you know, and they won the game. But they have to live with these growing pains. And all I was saying was growing pains are hard on a team that is really talented and ready to win right now. Like, to me, I picked Atlanta to win the division back in when the schedule came out. Yeah. I thought. But I also knew that this thing could go backwards if Desmond has these pains. And, you know, he's not sure what he's doing sometimes. And he does make errant throws. And, like, that's unavoidable for a lot of these guys. Uh, but to your point, Brock Purdy, you know, like outside of last week, like, you know, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes, but, you know, the offense got shut down. So I, I feel like that's where Atlanta's at right now. And you just have to kind of like, okay, you could look look really good one week and take down a, a real powerhouse in this league and then fall backwards the next week. Baldy, I really like Seattle young players. I, I like know. what I like what uh, Pete Carroll's done. I'm watching them last week against the Bengals. I was focused on that game because I wanted to see, first of all, Burrow and how he was going to play. And then I wanted to see what Seahawks were going to do coming off the bye. But, man, I, I like their squad. And mm-hmm. they get, you know, the Cardinals at home this weekend. But, um, and I thought at the end of the game, by the way, for, for all the conversation about Geno and getting rid of the football, right, they had an opportunity to do something there and they weren't able to do it. Give credit to the Bengals and, Trey Hendrickson, Hendrickson and all those guys getting pressure. But the Seahawks, listen, are, are we sleeping on this team more, maybe more than what, what we think we should be? Well, they were a playoff team last year. And, you know, in their playoff loss to San Francisco, they they took them deep into the third quarter with a chance to take the lead. And, you know, and Geno got the ball knocked out of his hands, most of recovered. It, you know, they, they finished them off. But I think this is a quality football team. And, look, they got Charles Cross back at left tackle. He struggled last week against Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. Like that group, DJ Reader, they they beat him up at the end of the game, and they couldn't finish the game. Okay, so they lost up front. But Charles is not a, is, is a good player, and he's just got to get – you know, he, had, he got hurt week one. He's been out. So he's got to be allowed to, like, go back. and. But, you know, Pete believes in his young players. Zach Charbonnet, you know, you look at, you know, um, you know the, the rookie right guard for him right now. Like they've got, you, you look at what Devin Witherspoon is doing in the slot, like in Trey Brown at corner, like these young guys are good players. And so 
they just got to keep playing. But they're going to end up putting a streak together because the team is built in the eyes of Pete Carroll. This is his team. This is how he wants to win games. He wants to run K-9. He wants to run Charbonneau. He wants to play three tight ends. And they've got the animals on the outside, you know, in DK and, you know, and, and all the guys they have. Like, it's it's a good team. And I don't think anybody should sleep on them ever. Like, I think they can knock off anyone on any given week because of the way that they want to play. If they get a lead in the fourth quarter, like, they're going to pound the football and play keep away from you. So, like, look, that was a tough loss last week. But they'll bounce back from that. I think so, too. Hey, we do have a Thursday night game tonight uh, as we record this podcast, guys. Jags, Saints. Uh, it's only a one-point game. I mean, it's it's basically a pick em. New Orleans, one-point favorite at home. But the Jags have won three in a row. We know, Baldy, it's hard to win four, five, or six in a row if you go on those kind of runs in the league. But they're winning, you know, they're, they're on a win streak right now. But uh, I look at the Saints, and I, I see a team right now, speaking of identity, that's still trying to figure out what they really want to do with Derek Carr and, you know, Kamara's back, Kamara's back. I, I just – I'm not sure. I, I'm looking at these two teams – and I want to say the Jags will handle business tonight on the road. But, you know, going to New Orleans is always a tough place to play, regardless of the circumstances. It is. But, you know, you look at the weakness in New Orleans right now. It's on the offensive line. And, you know, they started Maurice Hurst at left tackle. They benched Trevor Penning. Penning came in. And there's a reason why he's been benched. Like the penalties and the bad plays he's given up, he's really struggling. And Doug Marone's been there. He's been a quality offensive line coach. But, like, this guy is really struggling outside. And, if, you know, Derek Hart doesn't have the time right now to take the shots to Olave and to Rashid Shaheed and the guys that they have that can scream off the edge. And so they're, they're lacking a big place. They're not running the ball the way they want to run it. And so, you know, the defense is, is really good. But, you know, you give up 20 points, you give up 20 points to Houston. Right. You know, I mean – uh, take nothing away. CJ made two great throws to put up to two touchdowns. Um, and that's the challenge for, uh, tr- you know, for Trevor tonight is can he get the ball to his receivers against Marshawn Lattimore, Alante Taylor, Adebo Paulson, like these guys that want to lock you up on the outside while that rush, you know, um, gets home. And Granderson's playing great and Cam's there. And, you know, they've got some dogs up front. So that's the challenge right now is can the Saints offensive line hold up because they haven't. And that's been a real problem for them. It, you know, it didn't show up against New England because New England doesn't have pass rushers. But that's the challenge right now tonight because Josh Allen's playing great. Um, you know, they have really talented players. Darius Williams playing great for Jacksonville right now. Foye Aluaquan, who you know is a dynamic linebacker that yep. literally knows what you're doing before you do it. So I, I like Jacksonville in this game to go in there. I think they continue to play well. The only thing I'll say, Carl, is like, I just don't know. They, they spent two weeks in London. They win both games. They come back. You know, they're at home against the Colts, who they always win at, at home against the Colts. Now they got to go in a short week. Like, there's all that travel and change and, you know, um, the change in your schedule. Does all that catch up to them? tonight in new orleans yeah that that's that's the question i agree at some point do they they begin to fade uh a bunch of injuries and i just want to run through them and you tell me what you think obviously mccaffrey's oblique um it doesn't look like it's going to be anything serious it looks like he'll be back debo was hurt we talked about debo samuel trent williams three big time you know all pro kinds of players for the 49ers 
Ryan Tannehill, right ankle, was, you know, carted off. Malik Willis came in. Baldy, he does not look ready, and we've not seen Will Levis at all this season. Uh, Andre Dillard, a guy they paid $10 million in guarantees, was crap. Let's be honest. He just was yeah. not good. Uh, I'm talking about the, the, the Titans, and they'd get a bye this week. Justin Fields, dislocated thumb. Not sure how that's going to work with him being able to grip the ball, et cetera. Garoppolo, injured back, which it seems like every year we're talking about something with Garoppolo. And then you mentioned the Lions, David Montgomery, Rib, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, there's a bunch of key injuries to teams right now that look like contenders, and then some injuries to teams that either have to figure it out or not. Is there one that jumps out and and you say, hey, they got to get this right? Well, I mean, look, McCaffrey is just different. I mean, you (laughs) you can put all these different guys they have, Jordan Mason and you know, Tyrion Price, you put all these guys there in San Francisco. McCaffrey is just this multidimensional player that just fits perfectly. I mean, you could run him on the backside of a play and everybody else is, nobody even pays attention to him. But McCaffrey, you have to. And so he makes you defend sideline to sideline and goal line to goal line. And so you lose McCaffrey, you lose a lot. You just do. And, um, And the quarterback knew how to find him. And so the other guys, they can put Elijah Mitchell in there. They're, they're good players, but they're not McCaffrey. And yeah. so I think this deep, this offense, um, you know, they lost him last week. They lost a lot. Um, you know, and Jim Schwartz will tell you, like, the most difficult offense in the league to, to, to defense is anything coming out of the Shanahan school, whether it's McVay, McDaniel, Kyle. Like, these guys, the, what they do, motion shifts, pre-snap, like, it is tough on these coordinators. Baldy, great stuff, man. Where are you at this weekend, by the way? Well, I'm going to see Jim Schwartz in that Cleveland defense, uh, you know, in Indianapolis this weekend, who, you know, Gardner Minshew kind of showed, look, Gardner is, you want him on your team. You want him as your backup quarterback. But I don't know long-term yeah. if that guy is, like we have seen from Gardner, like he is a short-term fix for a lot of teams because he's smart. But last week, when you got to be the starter and you got to like show off, like, you know, you're being chased and you, you try to think that you have an arm like Trevor Lawrence or something, you don't. And he showed that last <laughs> week. So they, they struggled. They, they, but they struggled up front last week. They, they didn't play well in the offensive line. This, this could be a, this Cleveland team could go into Indianapolis this week and uh, they could make this thing look pretty ugly. I will say this before we let you you go and uh, finish up the pod. Guys, again, in the huddle pod on YouTube, find us, follow Baldy on social media. Check out his breakdowns. Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well. We do it every Tuesday and Thursdays, guys, as we continue to talk about the number one sport. It's the NFL. Cleveland's back half has not given up over 200 yards passing all season. That's how good they've been. They are number one in every single category, guys. Yards given up, yards per play, net passing yards per game. This could be a beatdown because I don't think the Colts are going to be able to score uh, maybe a touchdown in this game if Cleveland comes out and plays the way they have all season. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like Martin Emerson is a great player. People don't know who Martin Emerson is. Like that guy is a lockdown corner. Denzel Ward on the other side, Greg Newsom, Del Pitt. And last week against San Francisco, they said, you know, nobody plays San Francisco and just press man coverage because of all the motions, how you can get beat. Like they said, give it to us. We'll do it. They and did. they did. 
You know, IU like didn't have the game. They said, you know, they love these dig routes in the middle of the field. Well, we'll take the middle of the field away. And by the way, we're just going to press the line of scrimmage and challenge the quarterback. And it was a great, it was a great game plan, and they executed it. But they've done that to a lot of teams. They did it to Joe Burrow week one. Um, th- this is a problem for teams. This isn't a six-game mirage. This is who they are. And so they, they, you know, they 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 get after you up front and then they challenge you in the pass game. And that's that's a that's a great formula. When you can pressure the quarterback with the animals they have up front. And then say, okay, you better make stick like perfect throws under that pressure. And even a Brock Purdy who hadn't made a mistake all year made a mistake last week. Threw one. Yeah, he did. Baldy, enjoy the games. Enjoy your time with uh, seeing the Browns this weekend and the Colts. Guys, we're back at you next Tuesday talking about all the things that went down in the NFL. We're getting almost to that point where, again, halfway point, and you can really see teams separating and saying, hey, these are teams that are really going to be able to maybe do something down the road in the playoffs. Enjoy the games, everybody. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, it's in the huddle. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 